know, as we think about our lives and as we think about how we see things, uh, there are things in our lives that we are passionate about, aren't there? Uh, and then there are things in our life that we're just like, ah, I enjoy them, but, but passionate is kind of a stretch. Uh, I think about that sometimes when I think about hunting. Uh, I love to hunt, but boy, there's days when it's raining or it's snowing or I want to sleep in, that I'll be like, eh, you know, today is not really a good day. Uh, I think I'll just go ahead and stay home. And then as I stay home, I may be like, oh, I should have went, I should have went, I should have went, but you know what? The weather wasn't good, so I just didn't go. So it's kind of hard for me to say that I'm passionate about it when I'm deterred so easily. Uh, and I think there are other things that we have that same mindset. I know uh, as a kid growing up, I was passionate about playing basketball. I remember one Christmas, I got a new basketball for Christmas, and I went and shoveled the grade school basketball court for about an hour, about eight, 10 inches of snow, shoveled it so I could play basketball. And I wound up shooting baskets and playing basketball until it got dark on Christmas day uh, because I was passionate about, about playing basketball. Now, today, not so much so, okay? Don't, don't have the same urge. Uh, if I have to shovel snow in the church gym, we got more problems than just a little bit. Uh, so, you know, but there are those things that as we look at them and look, we can see things we're passionate about, and I mean passionate about, and the things that are like, eh, uh, 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 yeah, okay. So as we look at Paul, and as we think about Paul, I think we could all agree that Paul is passionate about the Lord Jesus Christ. I think Paul is passionate about proclaiming the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and I was just thinking about that as I was considering Colossians 1, uh, verses 24 through 29. Uh, in this passage here, we do see Paul speaking about his ministry to the church. And we can't help but smell just oozing out of his pores his passion to proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ. So look at Colossians 1 there with me, uh, verse 24. Colossians 1, verse 24. Colossians 1, verse 24. Uh, and it says this. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I'm filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints, to them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Now, as we think about this, and as we read there, especially in verse 24, how did Paul view his sufferings? He rejoiced in his sufferings, okay? Now, as we think about this letter that he's writing here to the Church of Colossae, uh, what is going on? What is his setting as he's writing this? 
What is the setting? Where is he writing this from? Oh, from prison. From prison, that's right. He's writing this from prison. Okay, so he's not writing this from his from his air-conditioned study, okay, uh, set on 72 degrees or 73 degrees, and he's kind of starting to get a little bit sweaty because, you know, it hasn't kicked on yet. Uh, he's, that's just not where he's writing from. He is writing this from prison. Uh, and he says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. So as he's thinking about this, he's been beaten, he's been stoned, he's been left for dead, he's been shipwrecked, uh, all of those things. And as he looks at those things, he's like, you know what? It's all for Jesus. It's, it's all for Jesus. That's I'm going through all of this for Jesus. And, and so uh, he sees this as, as it's something that he has to do as his part. Uh, and, and he's going through all of those things. Now turn back to Philippians uh, chapter 1. It's just one book to the left there from Colossians. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 12. Now, what is the setting for Paul as he's writing to the church of Philippi? Same prison. Same prison. This is the same period of time when he's still wearing orange. All right, he's still in there, uh, has the late chains and everything. Uh, and he says this to the church of Philippi. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. What is Paul's, what is Paul's passion? Spreading the word. Spreading, Spreading the, the gospel. gospel, to advance the gospel. That's what he desires to do. Uh, and as he's there in Philippi, as he's thinking about all of this, he's like, you know what, as I sit here, this has all worked out for the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why is he joyful? Because he's doing God's word. But he's suffering for, the, for God's word, the spread of God's word. The gospel is spreading. And he says it's worth it. The gospel is spreading. Uh, here in Philippians 1, he goes on to say that, hey, this being in prison has given me an opportunity to minister to the, to the guards who are here in the prison. Can you imagine that mindset? Hey, hey, I'm in prison. I got a whole new mission field. I mean, wouldn't it be great to go suffer for Jesus in Hawaii? I mean, that would be awesome. And then we could write from Hawaii, hey, I'm suffering and I'm just grateful that I'm suffering here in Hawaii. Uh, but he doesn't do that. He says, you know what? I look at this and, and I have this new opportunity to share Jesus. Do we look at our experiences that same way? I wish, okay. Uh, it would be envious if we could. Uh, I can remember when uh, Jerry Chris began her chemo and went and saw her and was visiting with her. I'm Jerry, I'm so sorry. I really wish the cancer wouldn't have gone and, you know, would have stayed in remission. And she said, you know what? I've never been in this cancer center and ministered to those nurses. Last time I had cancer, I was in Detroit. And it's a whole new mission field. I've never met any of these ladies. <laughs> what are you thinking, lady? <laughs> she just wanted to tell others about Jesus. And you know, as we think about some of the things that we have, some of the difficulties that we go through, uh, they are opportunities for us to proclaim Christ. What are we passionate about? What are we passionate about? 
Are we passionate about Jesus? Paul was. And as he looked at that, as he saw that, as he finds himself in prison, he's just like, hey, you know what? What a great opportunity for me just to be proclaiming Jesus. What a great opportunity. Okay? Now look at, look back, go back to uh, Colossians 1 here. Uh, and look at verse 25. He says, he says in verse 24, I'm filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church. So the reason that he's going through this, the reason he's ministering here is for the church. That's, that's what he's seeing. The spread of the gospel, the growth of the body of Christ, uh, that's what he's doing. And he says in verse 25, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you. Now, as Paul looks at his ministry, how does he view his ministry? Okay, it's from God. Okay, it's God's call. All right, what word does he use to describe it there? Starts with steward, ends with ship. Stewardship, very good. So stewardship, what is a stewardship? What does that mean? Working for another person. Okay, working for another person. Caring for. Okay. This is not Paul's ministry. This is God's ministry. This ministry has been given to Paul to take care of. This, is, this ministry has been given to Paul to carry out. And, and he says, this stewardship, this, this has been handed to me. And God, God has given this to me as his steward. And so he is seeing his ministry. He sees his ministry as his stewardship. This is what, because of what God has done for him, uh, this is what God has given him. And he's got to take care of this ministry. Okay? How do you think that plays into this whole factor, this whole thought of opportunities to share the gospel? What effect does that have? What impact does that have? Okay, fulfillment of that, okay. It was huge. Okay, it, it was huge. It was huge. Okay, all right. Uh, he sees it as his responsibility. This is what God has called him to do. So he doesn't see, a, he doesn't see it as an optional thing because this is the stewardship that God has given to him. Uh, as followers of Christ, do we have, uh, as, as we think about the ministries that God has called us to, and we know that each one of us have a spiritual gift, okay, we're to use that for God, uh, as we think about that, as we think about this God given, is it an option for us to use it for Christ? It's kind of a demand. Okay, <laughs> it's kind of a stewardship that's been entrusted to us, right? Okay. Uh, you, you think about whatever it is that's, that's been given to us. And, you know, sometimes, man, I just don't know. But yet, for some reason, God has given it to us. I mean, there are other gifts that God could have given you. All right? But for some reason, God gave you the gifts that he gave you. Uh, and so as we think about that gift, how do we, how, how are we as stewards of that gift. We're to use it. Okay. We, we should be using it, shouldn't we? We should be using it. And however, whatever arena we have the opportunity to use it in, right? Uh, I, I think about it and I just, I just use my own experience because that's what I'm most familiar with. Uh, 
I did not want to be a pastor. I did not want to be a pastor. I knew when I was a sophomore in high school that that's what I was going to be. Darcy knew from when she was young that she was going to be married to a pastor, but she met me. She thought she was off the hook. Uh, she thought we were in good shape, okay? But I knew that's what God wanted to for me to do. And there, there just came that point where this is what I have to do. This is what I have to do. I don't, I can't do anything else. And, and whatever I did, there was just no satisfaction in it. I mean, uh, as a Schwann's man, I was number six in the nation. Uh, and, you know, I, I, the first year that you make Chairman's Club, they give you a, a watch with diamonds in it. And I thought, man, this watch is going to be great. And they gave me one. They gave me my wife one. And so I'm like, this is so awesome. And I got the watch, and I was like, oh, not quite what I thought it was going to be. Next year is a diamond ring, and they gave me one, and they gave my wife one as well. So I thought, hey, I've never given her a diamond. I'll give her a diamond. This will be awesome. I'll drop to one knee. Uh, and then Alfred Schwann, the owner of Schwann's, was the one who gave it to us. Oh, I thought there would be this loud, oh, you know, feel, feel gravity stop for a second, you know, the spinning of the earth pause. And I got it, and I was like, this is it. This is all I got. This is all you got for me? Uh, but there's just nothing, no satisfaction in there through all of those things because I wasn't doing what God would have me to do. Uh, and so as we take care of this stewardship, as we recognize the stewardship that God has given us, and we use it, then through these circumstances, we bloom where God has planted us, use that ministry where God has placed us, and then we can understand or begin to understand a little bit about what Paul is doing, uh, what Paul is seeing here, but it's the ministry that God has given to me, whatever it may be, if it's teaching or, or whatever it may be, that ministry is what God has given to us. Uh, and we, we don't experience that until we experience what God would have us to do. Uh, and so that's, that's where he is. Now, notice the emphasis that Paul puts on his ministry here, or, or what his ministry emphasis is. Uh, it says, uh, I became a minister according to stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. That was his ministry. That's what, that's what his emphasis was, was to make the word of God fully known. That's that's what he was desiring to do. That's what he was seeking to do. And that was the emphasis of, of his ministry. Okay? So as he's here, as he's in prison, uh, that's what he's been doing. And as he sits and looks, he's like, you know what? That's what I've been doing. That's what I've been seeking to do. And things are good. Things are good. Because that's what I've been doing. Thoughts, questions, comments about that? I think God gives us all some talents. We just have to find them and use them. Yeah, and and we and you know, and talents and gifts are different, aren't they? But but you know, as we as we use our gifts, uh, as we use our talents for God's glory, uh, then yeah, we've got to use them for His glory. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, sometimes our talents uh, line up with our gifts. Uh, you know, sometimes not so much, but. Uh, that's, you know, as we, as we use our gifts, we improve in the use of that gift and, you know, God opens things for us. Paul is definite about the positive call of God in his life. Yes. Yes. And what he wanted him to do. Yeah. 
and he did it. Yeah, there was no doubt in Paul's mind what, what God's call was on his life, and he, he followed it through. Yeah, he was obedient in doing that. Took a long turn, too. Okay. Because he realized he was going to be in prison for a long time. Okay. He realized it was a long turn. Okay. Uh, and he sought to stay the course, didn't he? All right, now look at verse 26. It says, uh, he says, I want to make the word of God fully known in verse 25. And then in verse 26, he says, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. What is this mystery that Paul is proclaiming here? What is the mystery that Paul is speaking about? Christ in us. Christ in us. Now, as you think about Christ in us, as you look in the Old Testament, what was Christ in us in the Old Testament? What was Christ in, in us in the Old Testament? It was a mystery, wasn't it? It was a mystery. Uh, look there at, at verse 26. He says, the mystery hidden for ages and generations. So the thought of Christ in us was not something that was seen in the Old Testament. Okay? We don't see anything about Christ in the Old Testament. We see promises of the coming Messiah. Okay? But Christ indwelling us, Christ in us, we don't see that in the Old Testament. But when the Old Testament comes, when Paul, when Christ comes uh, in and lives his life and, is di and dies and is buried and it rises again and ascends to, the, to uh, heaven, then this mystery is revealed. And it's shown and it's great. It's made known among the Gentiles. Old Testament Jews was the emphasis, right? But now in the New Testament, this has been open to the Jews already, but now the Gentiles are offered this. All a mystery in the past. Something that was not revealed. But now, Christ has revealed this. Christ has made this known. And this mystery of Christ living in us is the mystery that Paul is going and he's proclaiming. That's what he's sharing. Uh, that mystery, that hope of glory. Any questions about that? Any thoughts about that? It's a great plan. It's a great plan. It's a great plan. It sure is. All right. Now look at verse 28. It says, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Now, as you look at verse 28 here, what is the goal of Paul's ministry? proclaim Christ and also to teach them about Christ. Okay. To proclaim Christ and to teach them about Christ. Okay. The maturity. The maturity. That's what he wants to see happen is maturity, doesn't he? His, his desire is to see them grow. Now, as we have talked a couple of times and shared with you that Gnosticism was, was the false teaching that was going on. And in Gnosticism, they were teaching that, that you could gain this wisdom, that you 
that to reach the next spiritual level, that you just had to get more wisdom. That's, that's all you had to do. And if you had enough wisdom, then that would take you to the next level. And then you gain some more wisdom, that would take you to the next level. So that's kind of the, the teaching of Gnosticism. So what Paul says here, he says, we proclaim warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we present everyone mature in Christ. Paul's goal for proclaiming Christ was not just wisdom of Christ. Because just having wisdom of Christ is not what Paul was wanting to happen. Paul was wanting them to gain that wisdom of Christ. Let the wisdom of Christ change how they live their life so that they would be growing towards maturity. That was his desire. That was his goal. Now notice what he says here. Him we proclaim. That's the proclamation of Jesus Christ, right? And he says, warning everyone, teaching everyone with all wisdom. Why, why would there be warning? As he's proclaiming Christ, why would there be warning? Because of false teachers. Because of false teachers, okay. All right. That would Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Any other thoughts? Teaching them the fear of the Lord. Okay. Teaching them the fear of the Lord. Okay. Uh, and and there's as we think about our relationship with Christ, as we come to know Christ, as we are taught, there are things that we need to avoid, right? So, so we have this old sin relationship, and as we're growing, we need to be warned to avoid that. Our sin nature is drawn to that because of the culture we live in. That's where we are drawn. That's what we have done, and so we need to get out of that habit. We need to be warned about that, don't we? We need to be warned that, hey, that, that's not for us anymore. So as we're warned about that, as we avoid that, as we grow in that knowledge and that understanding, that the result of that is growth and maturity. And, and Paul, as he comes, he sees all of that as important, warning and teaching everyone. Uh, and so we need all of those things. Uh, turn in your Bible for just a second to uh, 2 Timothy uh, 3.16. 2 Timothy 3.16. <clears throat> says in verse 16 all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching for reproof for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work now when you think about that he may be complete what is the mindset there mature that's what we're looking for is this thought of being mature right that's what we're that's what we're moving towards uh, and so as Paul thinks about this goal of them being complete of them being equipped for every good work what is the tool or what is the thing that's going to get them to that point the Word of God right all scripture is God profitable for teaching for correction for warning okay uh, and that's what the Word of God is going to do. So as Paul comes proclaiming Christ, he's hoping and desiring that they come to know Christ. 
but he's desiring and hoping that the word of God is going to help them to grow and, and to move towards that. Uh, as, as we think about that, uh, if this is Paul's desire for them, what should be our desire? The same for us today. Okay, the same for us today. The same for us today. Sometimes as followers of Christ, we think about this thought of, of maturity, and we think sometimes, well, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm just pretty content with where I am right now. Uh, let the pastor or those missionaries, let those guys move on towards that maturity. But as followers of Christ, shouldn't that be all of our goals? I mean, shouldn't we all be desiring to grow in the knowledge and the wisdom and, and be obedient in walking with Christ? Uh, that's what that's what Paul is. That's what Paul's desire is for Colossians. And you know, as he's writing this to the people of Colossians, he's not just writing this to the to the church leaders. He's writing this to the church, to the entire church that's there in Colossians. Uh, and so he wants them all to hear this, and all of them be moved towards maturity. All right. Any thoughts about that? Or any questions about that? I remember when I told my sons, grow up. <laughs> yes. Don't want you to be a child. Right. Uh, and you had to tell them more than once, right? Okay. Uh, and, and, you know, that should be our desire, too, is, is, to, is to grow up. Is to grow up. I so, find that having given this experience yesterday, from, uh, some people say it was a flop, but what I, I looked at it as a great day. Mm -hmm. I had a little garage sale and didn't have much. Mm -hmm. you know, but I got a chance to listen to a lot of people, so I got a chance to talk to people. Mm -hmm. And uh, one young son in particular, a young man, the thing I was amazed for, I can't believe it from any people of age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and how I, I just got to talk to people. Yeah. And um, it just blessed my heart. That wasn't all. Yeah. I got to read a book that I was going to take to Walter's library. But it was so good. Yeah. I, I read that book all day. No. Last night I was still reading. Wow, very cool. Finished it. Yeah. I mean, it was so miraculous. Yeah. And what it did to my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Just to take time. Yeah. To do something. I never take time to sit down and do anything. Right, exactly. Because I, I just sat out in the garage and it was a nice day. And <laughs> I just had a wonderful day. Great, great day for reading in the garage, huh? <laughs> yeah. Telling people, you know. Yeah, it does. That's very, very true. And that's a great opportunity, isn't it? Great opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's look back at verse 29 here in Colossians 1 again. Colossians 1, verse 29. Paul has just shared with us in verse 28, we proclaim, we warn everyone, we teach everyone our desires to see them grow towards maturity. Notice what he says in verse 29. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Now, as you think about Paul's ministry, what does this tell us about Paul's ministry? It was not an occasional thing. It was not an occasional it thing. It was a constant thing. Okay. All right. He's striving. Okay, he's striving. When you hear that word striving, how many of you just think about, oh, 
Not the mindset, is it? Not the word picture that he uses there. Uh, this was something of, of great effort that he poured into his ministry, seeking and desiring for, for things to grow. Uh, sometimes we think about that saying, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Uh, that's where he's at, right? Hey, it's tough, but hey, you know what? Been adrift in sea at sea for three days. Who says you can't dog your path? <laughs> All right. What a, what a great time to pray without ceasing. Okay. Okay. He didn't need five hour energy. That's right. A week before five hour energy was invented. Uh, but speaking of energy, notice he says, with all his energy, that he powerfully works within me. So this was not his own strength that he served in. This was this was God's strength that he that he did this through. Uh, and and you know I think this is a great reminder for us because sometimes we do rely on ourselves. Uh, but Paul, uh, his reliance, uh, his reliance was on God. Uh, he continued to to strive and continued to move forward uh, with that. All right, as we think about Paul's ministry here to the church. Uh, what can we take home from this? I mean, what do we apply to our uh, Sunday afternoon? Continue to strive for the gospel. Okay. Continue to strive for the gospel. Continue to strive for the furtherance of the gospel. All right. Any other thoughts? Okay. Uh, we should be growing mightily. You know, that should be our heart's desire is to, is to continue to grow mightily. Rejoice in the Lord always in all circumstances. Okay, to be moving towards maturity, right? Rejoicing the Lord always in all circumstances. Okay, rejoicing in the Lord in all circumstances. Do we have a reason to rejoice in the Lord? No. We do, don't we? Uh, and, and you know, sometimes as we think about those difficulties that we're having, uh, we can look at those look at those as opportunities. Hey, this is an opportunity for me. This is an opportunity for me to show the love of Christ. This is an opportunity for me to to proclaim Christ. Uh, I mean, I have I have these opportunities, and that's what we need to be looking at. That never give up in our suffering. Okay, uh, keep on keeping on. Don't don't give up. Don't give up. Yeah, until the Lord takes away our breath, uh, we have that opportunity, don't we? All right, well, let's have a word of prayer, shall we?